Section 28 of England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 10. England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 28. The Funeral of George II. 1760 by Horace Walpole, Earl of Orford. Horace Walpole, son of the famous statesman Sir Robert Walpole, was the author of a number of literary works. Best known of all these are his letters, fascinating pictures of the fashionable life of his day, not always to be trusted indeed in matters of bare fact, but captivating nevertheless, and vivid and delightful. The editor. Do you know, I had the curiosity to go to the burying till the night, I never seen a royal funeral. Nay, I walked as a rag of quality which I found would be, and so it was, the easiest way of seeing it. It is absolutely a noble sight. The prince's chamber hung with purple and a quantity of silver lamps, the coffin under a canopy of purple velvet, and six vast chandeliers of silver on high stands, have a good effect. The ambassador from Tripoli and his son were carried in to see that chamber. The procession, through a line of foot guards, every seventh man bearing a torch, the horse guards lining the outside, their officers with drawn sabres and crepe sashes on horseback, the drums muffled, the bells tolling, and minute guns. All this was very solemn. But the charm was the entrance of the abbey, where we were received by the dean and chapter in rich robes, the choir, an almsman bearing torches, the whole abbey so illuminated that one saw it to greater advantage than by day, the tombs, long aisles and fretted roof, all appearing distinctly and with the happiest chiaroscuro. They wanted nothing but incense and little chapels here and there with priests saying mass for the repose of the defunct. Yet one could not complain of its not being Catholic enough. I had been in dread of being coupled with some boy of ten years old, the heralds were not very accurate, and I walked with George Grenville, taller and older, to keep me in countenance. When we came to the chapel of Henry the Seventh, all solemnity and decorum ceased. No order was observed. People sat or stood where they could or would. The yeomen of the guard were crying out for help, oppressed by the immense weight of the coffin. The bishop read sadly and blundered in the prayers. The fine chapter, man that is born of a woman, was chanted, not read, and the anthem, besides being immeasurably tedious, would have served as well for a nuptial. The real serious part was the figure of the Duke of Cumberland, heightened by a thousand melancholy circumstances. He had a dark brown Adonis, and a cloak of black cloth with a train of five yards. Attending the funeral of her father could not be pleasant. His leg, extremely bad, yet forced to stand upon it nearly two hours. His face bloated and distorted with his late paralytic stroke, which has affected two one of his eyes, and placed over the mouth of the vault, into which, in all probability, he must himself so soon descend. Think how unpleasant a situation. He bore it all with a firm and unaffected countenance. This grave scene was fully contrasted by the burlesque Duke of Newcastle. He fell into a fit of crying the moment he came into the chapel, and flung himself back in a stall, the archbishop hovering over him with a smelling bottle. 
But in two minutes, his curiosity got the better of his hypocrisy, and he ran about the chapel with his glass to spy upon who was or was not there, spying with one hand and mopping his eyes with the other. Then returned the fear of catching cold, and the Duke of Cumberland, who was sinking with heat, felt himself weighed down, and turning round, found it was the Duke of Newcastle standing on his train to avoid the chill of the marble. It was very theatrical to look down into the vault where the coffin lay, attended by mourners with lights. Clavering, the groom of the bedchamber, refused to sit up with the body and was dismissed by the king's order. End of section 28. This recording is in the public domain.